Welcome to the Bourbon Library, hosted by the Bayless Brothers. A spirited conversation always served neat as barrel proof of our family bond. Grab a glass. The episode starts now. Okay, so, Pappy. 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 Well, okay, I'm glad you said Grandpappy, because this is a story that we uh, talk about a lot that I think we need to uh, uh, keep reinforcing just in case one day it matters. But we're (laughs) related to the Van Winkle family. Yeah, so we're still waiting for these bottles. <laughs> we are we're technically ninth cousins or something with Julian Van Winkle the third. Uh and um I only know that because we're a whiskey family, obviously. Uh and a couple of years ago, my well, my whole life I've been I've been told oh, you have the Van Winkle eyes, which is a part of our family. It's my grandmother's maiden, not maiden name. Her maiden name would be Brown think but i think it's, it straight, was before brown it was before brown was the van winkles yeah and uh i believe uh, i know that's the other side of the family that's the other side of the family okay the browns so we have we have van um, winkles in our family though nonetheless on my 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 uh our maternal side uh there's the van winkles and i've been told my whole life you have the van winkle eyes and uh that's where this certain eye shape came from um and then i was like it was around Christmas and I was like, Hey dad, Van Winkle's a kind of interesting name. We were always talking about the Dutch and, and all this thing. Like where, what's the origin here? Is it, are we related? And then they went and they asked uh, this uncle John and who's a, who's a my grandmother's brother. And turns out, Hey, look, look who's on the, look who's on the family tree, the Van Winkles. Yeah. They put one together and there they were. We're branched off. We're, we're the, a far branch from, we're a, uh, we're a far branch, but you know what? We're, we're on the same tree. Hey, I'll, I'll take, take it. it. Yeah. So <laughs> that's all to say, you know, we're talking about family today. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I also want to add, uh, when we first started the podcast, I was, I made like a list so we could all get bottles ahead of time. Yeah. And I put, uh, in year one, I put, I put Pappy into year two's list of bourbon. It was like 52 bottles a year or something. Yeah. Or maybe even yeah. less because we're doing like one a month. But yeah. anyways, I, I put them in like, here's what we could do. And I put Pappy in like, I was like, by year two of this thing, one of us will have come across an opportunity to get it at a decent price. And it and and it's never happened, basically, no. is what I'm saying. And 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 that was two years of, you know, there's what, six of us that, have, that are always, you know, keeping one eye open for it. Yeah. And it's, it's not, never a reasonable price. No, I've I've seen it. Obviously, mm-hmm. lots of times. And and we've tried it. We've had it at a bar, we've had it at uh tasting rooms, mm-hmm. uh liquor stores and stuff in Kentucky and up upstate New York. And uh you and I there's a famous night where you and I put it on a credit card and, and bought two uh ounces yeah. of it um in, in Long Island City in New York. Um we've had it, but we just never owned a bottle. <laughs> Excuse me. Gosh, I'm turning into to dad that I I cough every time I talk. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I don't know what that is. Uh, I think it's because we're mouth sleepers. Hmm. Um, but so we, yeah. So no one's found a bottle, and uh, that's okay. unattainable. And it has been for 
it, unless you want to pay a serious premium and by premium i mean like a ridiculous amount of money for a bottle yeah. of spirit and it's personally it's morally outside my comfort zone to buy a spirit at that price even the msrps are are like 80 to 100 like the i think the 23 years for this year at least the msrp is 300 dollars yeah so, so okay it's not so, even it's not something i would want to do anyway so even knowing co- how good it is some context to our conversation pappy van winkle or the the oh, i guess old rip van winkle company the part a brand that's branched off from buffalo trace uh oh now owned by buffalo trace which is owned by sasrack um the van winkle van winkle basically said hey we're we're this is uh, the 2022 bottles are being released and uh good news they we've increased in volume so miraculously this year you know 10 years ago or whatever they were able to put a lot away knowing that they wanted to increase the product and miraculously they've maintained considerable volume in the barrel <laughs> yeah um uh which i find sort of interesting uh for a number of reasons that we'll talk about in a second but um uh and so they've announced it and, and the press release that i read i think maybe bourbon pursuit put it out or somebody uh there was a someone was quoted as saying it's gonna be <laughs> it's we've there's more of it um but don't expect to find it in stores bars or restaurants which i don't know where else you would find it <laughs> so i'm like all right so like do, do i go look for it at church like where, yeah, where? Yeah. <laughs> that's i mean that's the only way you're going to get some is praying for it yeah uh so i i'm kind of puzzled by that that uh quote and that part of the the conversation because uh and now you said where where was the place you you mentioned the best way to get it so the best way to get it is going to be through lottery and raffles. At, right. At, at your, at local liquor stores. Yeah. Which I'm not interested in participating in. I mean, I, I guess I would put my name in once a month for free, like sign me up, but I'm not the idea of paying for a chance to buy nah. something that's already expensive. Like that seems like a money grab. Yeah. No, thank you. It's a money nah. grab. It's a promotional, whatever. That's fine for the liquor stores, but I, I'm not, I don't want to play that game. Yeah, and it's it's not only and I know it's like the fairest way to try to give it to people because if someone can see it at MSRP, they can buy every single bottle, and then they can flip it for. And if you look, if you went and googled it, you know it's thousand yeah. dollars and up. Yeah. So t- break down the bottles that are being released this year, Al, and what their MSRPs are, because that's that's actually something I want. I think that's a good place to start. Okay, so first they have, um, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, six bottles. Um, the first is the old Rip Van Winkle handmade bourbon 10-year-old, which is 107 proof. Uh-huh. 107 <laughs> proof. Almost as if it's exactly antique 107. Exactly. Wait that's, a minute. That's going to, that's your old Rip Van Winkle. That's going to be 70 bucks MSRP, yeah. which good luck. Uh, then they have the Van Winkle Special Reserve Bourbon 12-year-old, which is 90.4 proof, and uh, that's 80. And then they have a Van Winkle Family Reserve 13-year-old, that's 95.6 proof, that's going to be 120. Um, then they have a Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve 15-year-old, which is also 107 proof, 
and that's 120 as well. And then Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve Bourbon 20-year-old, 90.4 proof, which is $200, which is where we're starting to get up there. And then the, you know, Pappy 23 for 300. Yeah. And so those are there. And those are all MSRPs. You're not, I mean, you're not going to find that. It's just kind of confusing because do you feel like more people, because Pappy has built such a legend around their, their product, that more people, if they put out more of them, that more people would buy them at MSRP, they could start selling bottles regularly at $300, which seems to me, I mean, they, they don't benefit from a secondary market. They don't benefit no. from a markup price. So why not release more of them? Well, I think the idea, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, there's probably some supply and demand considerations there. If they wanted to go big one year and they made a bunch of it, I don't know if it's easy. I mean, it's definitely not easy to make a 23 year old bourbon. It takes 23 years. Yeah. So they have to be looking back that far. Yep. Absolutely. But, um, uh, same with a lot of their, these are and they need, old and they need to make a good 23 year old. Exactly. Because people are paying a premium price at MSRP and they're paying an extraordinary price on the secondary market for that. So it can't fucking suck. Yeah. Like if you look at stag didn't get made last year because it didn't right. meet the quality. And if you believe that it's truly a, a, yeah. a pursuit of the best possible thing, if it doesn't meet that standard, yeah. they don't make it. Yeah. You are under that thought process. And then this would be the same thing. Yeah. You know, not all the barrels that are meant to be pappy get turned into yeah pappy van winkle bourbon so yeah um yeah it's it's interesting to me because so going back to what i was saying earlier like a factor here is like you have assume based on reading pappy land which is an incredible book by the way for anyone who hasn't read it read pappy land uh but julian van winkle goes through with a couple of other folks uh, and picks what's going to become part of the Van Winkle brand out of uh, the same barrels that ultimately become Weller, Weller 12-year or uh, Antique 107, mm -hmm. um, which are also allocated, but easier to find and, and lower MSRP and cheaper. And the idea, and I mean, so, you know, so that's why people, you have poor man's papier or whatever, which is like Weller 12 and, and, 107. Uh, and 107 mixed together. Um, <clears throat> But, you know, the idea is that they're going through and being like, okay, this, because of where it is in the Rick house or whatever, this is distinctly tastes like Pappy Van Winkle. This, on the other hand, distinctly tastes like Weller 12 year or whatever. And then they let stuff age to the, to the, you know, where it needs to be, but assumes that I assume that they come from the same Rick houses or the same barrels or whatever. It's the same mash bill. Um, so it's like, <laughs> in some ways it's kind of interesting because you're basically, if you're a tastemaker, you're going through and you're saying, all right, then this one is going to be cost like, it, you're, you know, yeah. it's going to cost a little less, but this one's going to cost a little bit more based on your flavor palette. Um, and, and we want to believe and I, I think in my heart, I still do believe to some extent they are really trying to differentiate like this tastes like Weller and this tastes like Van Winkle because of these characteristics. Uh, but ultimately it's because the tastemaker says so, but uh, you know, if I were a major corporation that could make a lot of money from this, I might, you know, so I'm talking about the miracle of volume. I might be like, well, this barrel has a little bit more. We could squeeze another bottle out of it. 
and we do have a high demand and these bottles go for 300 or the msrp at 80 dollars instead of whatever antique 107 uh msrps at what uh 40 bucks 45 50 dollars something like that so i don't know i just wonder how much that stuff's factored in like forget just tastemakers walking through and saying yes this is that and this is this based on my flavor and my my profound palate but like there's got to be people crunching the numbers going well we really need another barrel out of this round to be pappy or we need another barrel to be something that we can you know sell at a, a decent price you know well or whatever don't you think yeah i mean it's a i it's 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 tough to different it's tough to know like i i am curious i guess i kind of want to hear it from the horse's mouth. trace like what what is that process well we know what <laughs> <laughs> what mouthpieces for big corporations are going to say and i built to some extent you build a brand on quality right you have to build a brand on quality and they yeah. have i mean there isn't you know and and some people are are you know yelling at the radio right now but the fact is that you know these are higher quality than maybe certain things but at the end of the day you're also building a brand on a label and on a legend and on an idea so i just can't imagine that the the top benefactors corporate benefactors or the corporate folks who do the money crunching are going to sit there and let all of the decisions be made by tastemakers i just find that hard to believe maybe they're yeah yeah i do too <laughs> I, I just don't think there's any other world in which that that i'm I, correct me if i'm wrong you know i mean maybe yeah maybe you know. but maybe that's since it was sort of i don't know because maybe you don't let the makers of a of a high-end sports car you don't let the designers decide how many of them to produce right like they make the yeah but then you yeah you have to make a business out of it yeah and it's sort of it is one of those if it yeah, when you look at anything that's a product that's produced, the quality ones stick around longer usually. I mean, like yeah. that that gives longevity to something. Yeah, I mean, the if Van Winkle puts it, out a round of bad stuff, that could. Yeah, if Stag tastes like shit one year. Yeah, people are gonna be mad about it. <laughs> yeah, because it's expensive. I just heard a random sneeze. Is that your neighbor? No. <laughs> there are drums though if you hear that oh, i do not hear drums there's uh, a, <laughs> a drum line um yeah i yeah i guess that's kind of interesting right it's like the this idea of uh they could i guess would one season of something bad like the illusion carries it over a little bit if it's you buy good. a very expensive well first of all i want to say Every time I've had Pappy, I've liked it. Me too. So I, I don't dislike Pappy. I'm not, I mean, there's a lot of anger or frustration from people who can't get it, right? But if you've had it, it's good. I, I'll say the same thing about Blanton's. I really like Blanton's. Blanton's is this big, like, dorks are trying to buy it from the store. There's a whole big, like, and, and the, all the whiskey people are like, why do that? Don't try, blah, blah, blah. But anybody who can, if you could just easily get Blanton's and drink it, you will enjoy it. I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, same yeah. goes for Pappy Van Winkle. Very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Oh, really yeah. good. You can Delicious. taste that it's high quality. There's no doubt in my mind that that's the case. Uh, and, but I'm, I guess I'd be curious, like one, one round, one season, one, whatever of, of uh, uh, bad 
something that gets a bad rep will it could it destroy the brand will it be you know if, if they if they put out they said hey we're gonna make a ton of money millions of dollars but if we just keep we just put that same stag out that we wanted you know that we were going to is that you know are most people going to still buy it at a high price i mean i, I don't think it'd be like one blogger being like this isn't as good as it used to be and everyone's yeah, like, yeah, there's too okay. much of that. There's too much of that to really like be able to decipher. And everyone would want to just know for themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, and also like with palettes being so different, I imagine that it is impossible to please everybody. Yeah. So you could, def- I feel like they could afford a bad year. Yeah. Because people still like it in half, whatever percent of people aren't even opening the bottle. Yeah, I know. I mean, think about that. You know what I wish? I want to buy Pappy and open it and drink it in one night. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I just want to, I want to have it where it's a pour away. Like, uh, you know, where we just can kind of, where it's not so, yeah, it's not such a sensitive, you're paying a like, hundred dollars an ounce or someone's no. giving it to you. Like, okay. Now we get it for free at a bar in Rochester uh by the bartenders like you guys want we were having a good time we shot some stuff with them for the empire ride documentary and we were like oh can we you know we were trying a few things and he's like you guys want to have let's just have some of the pappy and, and that that tastes the best it was amazing it tasted incredible there's no yeah. way around it like it is it is a superb whiskey uh but it's not worth the price no uh, well, at msrp i would buy a 23 year old bourbon for two for yeah. 300 absolutely um Especially one that's like, yeah, the notoriety I, of quality is has been there I paid, for a while. I paid three hundred dollars to buy Elijah Craig eighteen for you for your birthday. Um, mm. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you turned around and bought me like five bottles for that, so uh, it was amazing. Um, but and it was incredible. We really like it. It was worth it. I I sipped that and I had no regrets about spending the money. No, um, no, it was so good. It was really good. And so I, you know, yeah, I would spend $300. That, that's fine. I would do that for uh, an excellent quality bourbon that means something that feels special. But I wouldn't pay some secondary market sucker for, no, for that. I like, also don't trust it. Yeah. There's too much, like you see in, in wine, that there's been several stories of fraud. So, yeah. I, just I had don't it like- at a bar once what oh, go ahead Sorry. oh no I just there's just a just stories of fraud it's like obviously that doesn't just happen in one spirit fraudsters yeah. are on all industries uh, so i went to a bar in alphabet city uh in lower manhattan uh, it was a nice bar it's the kind of bar where everybody knows the coke dealer uh it's just like oh that's jerry it's the cooking he's like in a suit you know it's not yeah. like some not some crazy guy outside uh but it's like it was like a you know the kind of bar where they could where they could sell cocaine you know what bars are you going to no no it's just the kind of i wasn't i've never done and i will not do cocaine but uh uh it's the kind of bar where you know, I don't know. It's just a high end clientele, a lot of finance bros, a lot of yeah. like people with money and they had Pappy and my friend was a bartender and he just poured me one, you know, uh, and we both had it. We both and we were both like, wow, this is this is kind of weird. <laughs> and, and like to this day, I mean, it had a familiar now that I've had it a few times. There was a familiar sizzle to it that I hadn't experienced up until that point, really. Uh, that that uh, you get from like stag or like a higher proof, you know, stuff and. Um, 
So there was a sizzle to it that I was like, I can recognize now as sort of being of quality. But he was like, I don't know. I think this tastes weird. They they might have sometimes they refill the bottles. Ugh. And it's like, oh, I hate that. Yeah. And but I mean, well, what, that'd be you know so what you, easy for a bar to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what uh, bottle it was? I don't remember. No, probably like a 10 year. Yeah. So, I don't know. yeah, they all vary so much. I mean, some of the like the most the 23 year is is only 90 proof. Well, yeah. also, I, I just think that like you have to taste it more than once, too. Yeah. If you like, you kind of have to like wrap your head around whiskey and bourbon before you're giving yeah. it a, you know, you have to like know what shot. you like and what you don't like and try different proofs. You can't just like come off the street and taste it and be like, this sucks or this is great. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't, I didn't have the kind good. of palate then. I didn't have the kind of palate then that could really determine what I was tasting. And I hadn't had it before enough to know what what to expect yeah um, that, that's how i feel about like when i think about the first couple times i had it yeah i was like i don't really get it but then the last time last couple the last couple times yeah i was like you know kind of chasing that yeah flavor profile so. yeah no it's it's exceptional when you when you get the good stuff but and i you know most bars are good intentioned i mean you know people want to open their bars and serve real good you know quality stuff but there are places especially places that feel they might be able to cheat a higher end clientele uh who wants to show off a little you know they might refill a bottle i don't i don't know i wouldn't it would be just in my mind it's just too easy and i'm a moral person i think (laughs) well like yeah you know the doc was called sour grapes and yeah uh the the guy who was he was actually very talented because he could sort of recreate some of these flavor profiles with cheaper wines. Yeah. And he was blending them together and then he was relabeling bottles and like making like, it was really kind of cool. But um, his friend was like a, a film producer, wealthy guy. Yeah. And they like got close and they drank a lot of wines and he bought wines from him. He sold his friend wines and yeah, he was like, they were good. They were, they were like, they, it was a, like, he's like, I can't believe this. Like he yeah. almost refused to believe that it wasn't what he thought it was. Yeah. I mean, and, that's. And think about it is like tasting something like that's incredible. Cause you're yeah. wrapped up in experience. Yeah. That's like, so. uh, I mean, there's a documentary about, um, I forget what it's called. So I'm, I apologize, but it's about this guy who uh this lady at this famous gallery in new york selling rothko's and they were and a number of other paintings but rothko was the was a big one um that were actually fake but they had been like they were so good and so convincing as rothko's that they were put into like rothko books like published as part of like a gallery's collection of actual Rothko's. And because Rothko had made so much work, it was like, well, yeah, sure. Of course there could have been a couple that ended up in this, like this random, but the story got weirder and weirder about who owned it and where it came from. Cause like literally someone showed up and like pulled them out from their car, which in the art world is not that, not that strange of a thing to happen. Um, but it was like these families were like, Oh, I, I, I saw this piece at this gallery and I had to have it. And it was a Rothko and they were millionaires or whatever. And then they were just like, so devastated. Like they've deceived us. We, you know, this, I'm like, but didn't you love the art and you were willing to pay millions of dollars for this art that you loved, you had to have. 
Yeah, you believe it's just a it was and it was done really expertly. So two things. One, the artist is incredible. Good for them. Uh, And and two, like you loved something and you were you paying on like what value did you determine uh, you were, you know, something you love? I don't know. I just think it's a weird like or what value do you give something you love? Uh, Well, unless you. Yeah, that, that's what I I always think there's like, there's a difference between these things, but they're also all the same person is yeah. like the person who goes to the store to get a bottle of bourbon to drink. And then there's one that goes to collect, yeah. and maybe drink. And then there's the one that goes to just flip it, or like yeah. have it to have it. Like, I mean, there's gonna be a fair amount of people trading, right? Like we met a guy in Ohio. This is a story we've told before, but who was he was at a liquor store and he was buying, I think, and we were trying, we were on the hunt for antique 107. We were in Ohio and uh, I forget what he was buying, but he basically he bought like two of one thing to try to trade for another. So he oh, knew he could Elijah, get two. I remember he's getting some Elijah Craig rye. Oh, really? It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I'd really seen it though, because yeah. I mean, I don't know enough about it to say, but it's, for me, that was new. And I feel like that was part of the ripple effect of craft whiskey making rye on the East Coast that sure. sort of the big guys were like, well. Better start putting our ryes out. We put more rye out. Yeah. Yeah. But now they, they now could, it's exploding. Yeah. I always saw uh, today a complaint that was really funny. Somebody, uh, Clay Risen, has it, who's in our film, in our Empire Rye doc, uh, has a new book. Uh, he writes for the New York Times. He's a great whiskey writer, and he also writes obits, which is kind of amazing. Uh, has a new book about rye, and uh, someone wrote, "Rye is so popular that I have to buy Clay Risen's rye book on the secondary market." And it showed that Amazon had already been sold out from it or something. Uh-huh. And it's just, I think it was one of those early things where they like the books hadn't been distributed to all the places yet, so they like sell out real fast. But they're yeah. they're the volume one is still going, you know, to the places it needs to go. But I just thought it was so funny that it's like everybody knows that Rye's having this moment, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> and um, this idea that you even have to buy the book on the secondary market is kind of mm-hmm. funny. Um, but you know, hey, we I, I won't I won't buy Pappy, I won't buy Pappy on the secondary market. I I really don't think I ever will. I don't think uh, I can. And I don't think I, well, yeah, I don't think I can. And even if I found it at a liquor store, I wouldn't pay more than MSRP because MSRP is already expensive. And, you know, at what point do I owe a liquor store four times what something costs? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's just, that's also just greed. They know yeah. they can get it. They know they can get it for that. And that's that. Why do that? Like it's this great premium thing. Get it first come first serve. Sell it to what it's what it's what the, what it's valued at. Like not this, I don't know. Yeah, I like the one bottle minimum. Yeah, that's fine too. One bottle minimum is fine. I I accept that completely, so that everybody has a fair shot. That's the other thing. I heard a guy came. You know, Pappy comes once a year or whatever, a couple bottles to to our liquor store that we go to a lot, and he said, yeah, one guy comes in every time and gives me ten thousand dollars. Like, don't stupid. sell to that guy because you're yeah. devaluing your own store. Yeah. And your customer base who wants to come in, I'm always like, feel like I have to explain to them that I love this stuff, that I'm and not, like, I'm that drink, I'm not here to drink it. I promise. <laughs> yeah. They're kind of like, I know what it goes for around the market. I'm like, I don't, I'm not doing that. I just yeah. want to enjoy it. I just want it. Yeah. I want to taste it. Want to taste it. Uh, well, that's Pappy Van Winkle for you, right? It's yeah. always, uh, you know, this is the elusive. La- an elusive uh, siren. 
calling you in only to swallow you up the greatest uh, unicorn bottle there is yeah and the the last thing i guess i want to say you and i were talking about this is just like is it going to peak yeah or go or jump the shark where people are just like nah it's just not cool anymore well trends will sway and then they'll have made so much i don't know if it that will be in the next 10 years or the next 20 years could you could you predict what could replace pappy van winkle as like the most coveted sort of legendary whiskey because it's not what we said earlier we were talking before the our our thing it wasn't like they've built this legend it's not that old i mean there's pappy van winkle yeah i mean pappy van winkle was a historical figure in whiskey and was making whiskey you know at sitzelweller in louisville back in the day uh but (laughs) and his family continues to make this stuff and they've gone you know had highs and lows and it's a whole big story uh and it's multiple generation whiskey making but 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 the reality is it's not like it like pappy van winkle as we know it and especially pappy van winkle being produced by buffalo trace has not been it hasn't been that long since that's been going on the juice that you're getting now that's labeled pappy van winkle has not been that juice for what 20 years under 20 years under 10 years we're talking we're in you know generation two three of of the releases like the first buffalo trace release wasn't that long ago so yeah however long and they didn't do the 23 year that year because they didn't have it yet so uh the pappy book refers to it i can't remember but it was like they started doing they started considering these last five years uh you know 15 years ago 20 yeah right 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 um julian van winkle the third yes uh jvw mm-hmm. um well yeah so i mean I, I guess i'm curious what would be what do you imagine could what's a new legend what could be the next pappy van winkle in your opinion oh just uh old tub <laughs> that's what i was hoping you would say <laughs> that's what i want i keep For- thinking i keep feeling like i should have just stored old tub in my basement like just I, buy I, car- cartons of it i do think old granddad 114 is gonna get out of hand yeah, it seems like it's starting to. Yeah, that that as far as like pe- ones that people keep coming back to because there's always ones that like pop up randomly. Like it seems like Russell's 13 is Yeah, that's an Instagram like, when, whiskey. When did you have that before that was so pop like Yeah. That's like a one-off and this is uh, you know, a brand that gets entirely Knob, Knob Creek 18 is going to be the next sort of premium one everyone's chasing, I think. Not, it's not, it's, a, it's not going to be a legendary like Pappy Van Winkle because uh, I mean, I actually could see it happening in the craft space, right? I think that's where yeah. it will happen, like craft beer, like certain beers that are there'll be a like le- limited yeah. distribution, like Gumball Heads, yeah, exactly. Or out of Chicago, does. yeah. But, I mean, now you can get that anywhere, yeah. But so at some an, point, that was like a I was, feel like a pretty talked about craft beer. It was zombie dust was expensive, yeah, and hard to find, yeah, and um. Now I can get it, uh, you know, at a bar in upstate New yeah. York. Yeah. So I think the same, and like my interest in craft beer dwindled. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. But I really do love, like, I'll always, I think whiskey will be on something I love for a long time. Yeah, I hope so. Um, so hopefully when it sort of levels out how craft beer did. Yeah. Uh, you know it'll be the same thing like well it'll be easier to get you can get pappy all, yeah. all the time but, i mean i don't know it's been hard to get for a long time yeah 
I mean, the old Blattens was just a dusty. You know, Brian, our good friend who's been on the show a few times, said like he used to just see it around like it wasn't a thing, and, all, and then it became a thing. Blattens is Blattens. I would say it's like Van Winkle and then Blattens as far mm-hmm. as like coveted stuff. of Blattens is mostly because you still see it and can get it sometimes. But <clears throat> you know, hey, I I like it. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of haters out there with all this stuff, which I think is kind of funny. But I think the true taters are the haters. <laughs> that's the taters for you yeah yeah no kidding if you if like go on there and you're mad and you're angry at all these people who yeah. are passionate or just getting into it and you're like i know more than you you're the tater yeah true taters are just the haters yeah taters are haters Ta- no <laughs> yeah well okay i think we did it al Wait, why'd you laugh? <laughs> did I say something wrong? No, no, no. I just think we did it. I just laughed. I thought that's a good way to end the, the program for this uh, fine day. All right. I'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey, to drink? Who's to live? Catch you on the flippity flip. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, kindly take the time to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It will help us grow and make more episodes. Remember to follow us on Spotify and tell your friends about the Bourbon Library. Do you have a bourbon you think we should try? Let us know and we might just feature it on a future episode. And we'll be sure to give you a shout out. If you're listening from Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, turn on those notifications so you know when we drop a new episode. All right, bourbon lovers. Until next time. To drink is to live.